Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. And every time that we break what God has deemed us as wrong, we will always, always reap what we sow. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Well, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, and I entitled this message, Passionate Longings. Yes, I think it's safe to say that we're a passionate people. We're passionate about things. You know, some of those passions are good. And let's face it, some of the passions that we have are not so good. The word passion is defined in many ways, such as a strong and barely controllable emotion. It's also defined as an intense, enthusiastic desire. All the way to passion is defined as a sexual love. Forbes magazine, in an article entitled, The Top Two Things Women Are Passionate About, they listed these two things. Number one, it was being a good daughter, being a good sister, being a good mother, and being a good wife. And the second thing that women were passionate about was living a life filled with meaning. Now, that second one, as we know, is not so easy to figure out. For what is our real purpose? Why are we here today? You know, what is the meaning of our existence on planet Earth? Because no matter what we pursue in life, it only seems to satisfy us for a small amount of time, a season, you could say. Yes, we can be passionate about many things. We can be passionate about our jobs. Yet, many go to work only because they have to. They will, quote, put in their time and do what is necessary and leave as soon as the time is up. But there are others who are passionate about their jobs. You know, those are the ones who advance in their jobs. Those are the ones who get promoted. Those are the ones who make the most money. See, I was always like that when I was in the secular workforce. I worked hard. In fact, I worked harder than most anybody around me worked. And because of that, I made the most money. Now, this should be true of every single Christian. God's people should be the highest paid people in every single industry there is. For we should be the ones that are the most honest. We should be the ones that are hardworking out of all the people at that that company. The ones that don't call in sick, get this, when they're not sick. When I worked in construction, I watched those that took many shortcuts around me, which resulted in poor and shabby workmanship. As a Christian, I decided to do quality workmanship. I wanted to do exactly what the Bible said in Colossians 3.23, where it says, whatever you do, 
Do your work as heartily as unto the Lord rather than man. Don't do it for the boss. Don't do it for anyone else. Do everything you do as if you're doing it for Jesus himself. Yes, every believer should have that kind of a strong work ethic, coupled with a passion to please the Lord in all that we do. For that will also open up doors of opportunity for us to share with others why we do what we do. Embracing this mentality did three things for me personally. Number one, I did quality workmanship and that opened up doors for me and I was able to work in multi-million dollar homes. Number two, it also gave me the open door to preach the gospel to many people in high places and positions. I was the number one salesman for two different product lines in North America. That means that they took me to their big manufacturing plants of these construction equipment, what have you. I got to eat dinner with the presidents of the company, the owners of the company, multimillionaires. And they would ask me, hey, so what's your secret? How do you sell more equipment than anybody in North America? And I said, well, it's a funny thing you should ask. Well, let me tell you why. I do everything as unto the Lord, and I would share the complete gospel with him. I wouldn't hold back anything. I was in a place and position to share my faith and what motivated me in life and what satisfied my soul on the inside. And number three, I was able to demand a higher wage because of that high-quality workmanship coupled with being a dependable employee. And that work ethic followed me through many different changes in occupations in my 43 years of marriage to my wife here. Know this, you can never go wrong in working hard and allowing the integrity of your Christian values to invade your work mentality, along with being open with sharing your faith. And that is also something that we should be passionate about. What's that? Sharing your faith. A recent Gallup poll that just came out last week says that only 20% of Americans believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. Think about that. Only two people out of every 10 people that you run into think that the Bible is the literal word of God. That is the lowest number since the beginning of our country. While 29%, almost 30%, believe that the Bible is a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. That's just a bunch of fairy tales, three out of ten people believe. This is why it is so critically important for us to live out our faith. And how we work is also so important for it opens those doors of sharing our faith. And that, by the way is not just cramming it down someone's throat that didn't want to hear it. We're not to just cram the word of God down someone's throat that doesn't want to hear it. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. He says, do not give what is holy to the dogs and do not throw your pearls before the swine or they will trample them under feet and turn to tear you to pieces. Don't give what is holy to those that don't want to hear it. Now, that doesn't mean that you just never share with anyone. But if someone starts becoming indignant, you know, don't take the precious words of God to them if they're just going to mock and abuse this great message of salvation. Yes, there are those that absolutely hate the truth of God's word. And those are the people who are enemies of the cross. Yet, we are to speak the truth to all 
who live in darkness. Yet as soon as someone becomes, again, indignant to those, to, to those words of God and they become hostile, we're just to walk away from them and just pray for them. Who knows the seed that you plant one day might turn out to be something where they receive the gospel message another day down the road. But we are always to share the message. Yes, again, take the the message of the truth and to bring it across in a kind and a loving way. One thing I've learned time after time is this. We can never tell when someone might be open to the grace and the mercy of God's message of salvation. We can't tell by the way that someone looks. They might look hardened and and rough and and abusive looking. They might have a, a scowl on their face. You know, that doesn't mean that they won't listen to the gospel, you know, or what about their financial position? Oh, well, they're rich and they're the boss. They're high and mighty. Well, that person might be more open than you could ever imagine. Why? Because they already have everything and they're still not happy. So they might be more open than you can know. See, only God knows the heart of a man and a woman. But that's a blessing for us. It takes all the pressure off of us as Christians. For Jesus never called us to bring people to Christ. What he called us to do is simply share his message of love. That's all he asked us to do. It's the Holy Spirit that does the rest. Yes, people can be passionate about many things. From traveling to, well, working out. From eating to fashion. But there's another passion that's out there. And that's to passionately seek after the thing that will satisfy us deep down inside. That thing that will literally satisfy us in the very depth of our soul. Why do so many people seek after that? Yet so many people rarely find it. It's like Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones as he sung for almost 60 years now, can't get no satisfaction. Well, as we continue through our study in the Ten Commandments, the law of God, we're going to look at the seventh and eighth of the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not commit adultery, and thou shall not steal. Now, there's going to be a little bit of offense here on this, thou shall not commit adultery, when we really break it down and see what it really says. So, listen, if you're offended, well, okay, be offended, but just don't leave till the end, because, you know, you want to hear the whole thing of what God says. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can leave, and you don't like it, but at least listen to what the Word of God says. Well, let's look at our point, love or lust, as we read the law of God in context once again. Starting in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, says, Then God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. Verse 5, You shall not worship them or serve them, for I... The Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the third and fourth generations to those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God, and in it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant or your cattle or the sojourner who is staying with you. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Well, there you have it once again. That is in context, the word of God as recorded the Ten Commandments. Now let's separate them once again, just for simplicity's sake and in order. So the first commandment is in verse three. You shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment is in verse four and five. You shall not make or worship any image. Commandment number three is in verse seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Commandment number four is in verse eight. You shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Commandment number five, you shall honor your father and your mother. That's in verse 12. Commandment number six is found in verse 13. You shall not murder. Commandment number seven in verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. We're going to look at that today. Commandment number eight, verse 15, you shall not steal. We will look at that today. Commandment number nine, verse 16, you shall not bear false witness. And commandment number 10 is found in verse 17, you shall not covet. So let's read verse 14 once again, and let's break that down. That's in verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. But what does that really mean exactly? Well, the word adultery in the Bible is defined as one who is having sexual relationship with one who is not their spouse. Okay, so this is all sexual sin if you're not having sexual relations with your spouse, meaning any kind of sexual relationship with someone other than your spouse is sin. So we must understand this wasn't just a sin that you could just, you know, go to the priest and offer up a sacrifice and let's be forgiven. This was a sin that had a much greater punishment attached to it. Listen to what we're told here in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. It says, is there a man who commits adultery with another man's wife or one who commits adultery with his friend's wife? The adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Whoa. Okay, so we're talking like if these are found, we're to take to the edge of the city and stone them to death immediately. Wow. I mean, if we were to stick with God's law here today, let's just say there would be a great loss of population here in America as we know it. And we can see this is a huge no-no with God because God is very compassionate and very gracious. But in this area, he is very strict on this. So in God's eyes, if God puts such a big, such a huge penalty on this particular area, Shouldn't we all pay attention to it maybe just a little bit closer? And maybe we should all ask, what else does God have to say about this issue of sex? For sex seems to take center stage in our culture today. It takes center stage in our society. And many stumble in it. 
Well, today, it plays a major role in movies. Sex plays a major role in advertising. So it's worth spending a little time here on the subject of sex since we're saturated with pornography in our world here today. For sex has played a huge part in humanity since the beginning of time. It played such a huge role in the flood that destroyed the earth back in Noah's day. Think about that. God destroyed the entire earth except for one full family because why? The people were in and out of marriage, sexual sin, and the thoughts of men were wicked continually, the Bible says. And when it talks about man's thoughts were wicked continually, that's man and woman in that time. It also played a major role when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, where homosexuality was running rampant. And it's interesting to note that Jesus said, uh, talking about the last days in Matthew 24, also Luke 18, that it'll be like in the last days, like it was in Noah's day, and also in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, where sexual sin was running rampant. It's also interesting to note that when archaeologists dug up the city of Pompeii almost 2,000 years after it was completely destroyed and buried by a volcano, they found explicit sexual murals throughout many of the walls. So sex is one of the most powerful forces that can control a human man or a woman. Yet at the same time, It's one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us for our pleasure. So first, we must notice that the seventh commandment is given in context that the sexual relationship is in a marriage covenant. For to commit adultery is to have sex with someone who you are not married to and is not your married spouse. So let's establish this fact before we move one step further. God created sex for our pleasure. God never said no to sex. He also said this, wait until you're married to embrace sexuality. So he never said no. He just said, can you wait until you come into a marriage covenant with that spouse? So let's first look at what God intended for the sexual relationship to be. Because so many times people will say, you know, the Bible is just full of a bunch of rules and regulations. It's crimping my lifestyle. It's keeping me back from having the pleasure that I want. God doesn't want uh, me to have fun at all in my life. And of course, that could not be further than the truth. For everything that God has established as right and wrong is there for a reason. There's a reason why it's there. If you don't embrace what God says and you say, no, I want to do the opposite of that, guess what? Pain will come in your life eventually. And every time that we break what God has deemed us as wrong, we will always, always reap what we sow. We will pay a price for it. It might not happen immediately, but it will always, always come back on us. It will always cost us. And we will always end up saying, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Ask anyone who's had a pregnancy out of wedlock. It's like, maybe it turned out, maybe it's like, oh, it turned out to be the best blessing in my life. But it's like, you ask them at the moment, oh, I wish I wouldn't have gotten myself into this situation without being married. 
Ask anyone who has lost their marriage to an affair with another person. I can't tell you how many times I have sat down with couples on their second and third marriage and they're fighting with the very same issues that they lost their first marriage over simply because they never dealt with those issues in the first place. Yes, it all comes back to this. Are we willing to submit to the laws of God? So let's look at what God has said about sex. First, he said in Genesis 2.18, he says, it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for a man or a woman to be alone, meaning it's not good for them to be isolated all by themselves. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. A helper is one to come alongside to aid and to bring relief. Yes, the aloneness of man, God said, was not good. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam, he observed all the other animal species, and they were all mated, and they had male and female of each of the animal species. That's when God said, I am going to make a helper. I'm going to make one that's going to come alongside to aid and bring relief to him. That's suitable for Adam. That helper is one to complete Adam. Adam was incomplete without Eve, as Eve would be incomplete without Adam. And once Eve was created, God went on to say in Genesis 2, 24, it says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. See, because the pecking order is always God first, then it was our relationship with our parents. But now that relationship with our parents is going to lower down and now it's going to be a man has to leave. He has to abandon his mother and father and he must cleave. He must be adhered to his wife and be joined to the wife. And the two now become one flesh, supposedly inseparable. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. Oh, it was a good thing. Oh, we're frolicking in the Garden of Eden naked, and it was all good. See, God was never like, you're not to look at a naked person. You're to look at the naked person as long as they're they're your spouse. That's who you're supposed to be looking at. So this term, they shall become one flesh, is a term of complete and total unity. And according to 1 Corinthians, they become one sexually. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 says, if you join yourself to a prostitute, you're becoming one flesh with a prostitute. Yes, God created the sexual relationship. God designed this special relationship. And it's not just for making babies. God intended the marriage relationship to be a union that is never, ever to be broken. And as you know, we can do many things with other family and friends, can we not? We can go out to dinner. Let's go out and have a nice dinner. Hey, why don't you come over for a barbecue? Hey, let's go to the movies together. Hey, we can even go on vacation together. Let's rent a nice beach house and you take the front bedroom, we'll take the back bedroom. But God made sexual intimacy to be only for a husband and a wife. Nobody else can be included in this. Never to be shared with anyone else. There is only one relationship. Think about this. There is only one relationship, this side of heaven, that is more special than the relationship that we are to have with our spouses, and that is the relationship with God. That's why if you're single here today, you still have the most important relationship that you can experience this side of heaven, and that is with Father God. And that doesn't mean that you are going to be single forever, 
That doesn't mean that like, okay, I'm going to be single forever, but maybe you need to really understand how important the marriage relationship is. This is why it's so critically important that you find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you. Why? Because you're not a day at the beach. Sorry to be the one to share that with you, but sometimes you're grumpy. Sometimes you don't have the best attitude. Sometimes you do things that you shouldn't do. And this is why it's so critically important to find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you because they will be forgiving of you. They will be loving with you. They will pray for you. And that's why if maybe you haven't found someone yet, are you that person that loves Jesus more than what your mate's going to love Jesus? Because you're going to have to be forgiving. You're going to have to be the one that comes alongside, that helps and encourages at times when the other one's doing nothing. Yes, find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you, and that's the keeper. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.